0: Bill Show wish to thank our Partners in Positivity primary sponsors.
1: The Roselli Agency, based in Kennett Square, Pennsylvania, Brian and his team of insurance professionals have been serving the needs of Chester County for more than two decades.
0: The Mallon Agency, located in Springfield, PA, where they take pride in tailoring the right insurance policy for the right client and exceeding expectations every time.
2: Used to be chilling. Cowboy hats got folks strutting around like they're Marsha dillin. It's like a scene from Urban Cowboy in the 80s. The crew is too busy staring at the ladies. Marveling at all the diamonds and denim. Trying the best, trying to get what's set up. Welcome, everyone, to the
0: Rosie and Bill Show. Folks, I have to tell you, everything about our guest this week is big. He stands six feet, five inches tall. He's from a big state, and he wears a big cowboy hat. He's made a big difference in the music business by dreaming big, thinking big, and cranking out a lot of big hits over the years. Please welcome to the Rosie and Bill Show, a big talent with a big heart, Cowboy Troy. Cowboy Troy, welcome to the show. Hey,
3: how y'all doing? Thanks for having me.
1: We're doing great and we're happy to have you here. You know, you've been touted as a rapping cowboy, (laughs) a cowboy rapper. And you've been a part of the Nashville music scene for a long time, but you're from Texas. And I imagine you were exposed to a lot of musical influences there. So I'm curious, how did you manage to blend all of those influences into something that actually created a new genre of music called hop?
3: Well, you know, I, I know as a kid, I used to listen to a lot of different things. My My folks always had a a very, uh, you know, diverse music collection. And then uh, when I started paying more attention to what was on the radio, I started noticing things and on TV, I I, um, started paying attention to Keyhaw and listening to the musical guests that they had on that show. And, you know, I didn't really think about it much as being country uh, entertainment. I was just enjoying what was on TV. You know, watching the Dukes of Hazzard as a little kid and didn't even realize until I got older that Waylon Jennings was the balladeer on that show. So, you know, I started paying attention to that. I thought it was really cool and started noticing, you know, Charlie Daniels and Jerry Reed and Roger Miller and these other country acts from back then. And then as I got older, started listening to rock bands like ZZ Top and Def Leppard and, you know, the Doobie Brothers and you know, Foreigner and all these different rock bands, and then as I got even older and started listening to rap music, you know, LL Cool J, Run DMC, and 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 other you know various rap acts at the at, at that time, you know, I thought it was really cool. So I was listening to something very different, and then uh, as I got into you know, I guess in late nineties, early two thousand, I was you know listening to even more diverse music, but then I started, you know, writing my own rap lyrics, my own original rap lyrics, you know, and I said, man, wouldn't it be kind of cool if we could take rap lyrics and then, you know, record them over country instruments, and, you know, my friends back then were like, what? That makes no sense. (laughs) (laughs) Well, maybe it might be cool, but I don't know, and so just kept messing with it, and eventually, you know, got an opportunity, and it just, you know, flourished from there.
1: Yeah, it really caught on. And you're fabulous at it, by the way, which we'll we'll get to a little bit later. How did you come up with the name Cowboy Troy? I got the nickname in college, actually. Um,
3: you know, a buddy of mine used it to differentiate me from the other Troys that you knew, I guess. And, you know, I was on my way out of the dorm, I, I guess my junior or senior year, and walking down the steps. And he's like, hey, man, did so-and-so get a hold of you? I'm like, no, what are you talking about? He's well, I was over at where he was. And he said... They came up to me and, and they said, hey, have you seen Troy? And, and I was like, well, which one, Cowboy Troy or whoever? And, and Cowboy <laughs> Troy name stuck. So now here we are all these years later with the nickname Cowboy Troy.
1: See, a lot of people just rack their brains trying to come up with a good hook, a good stage name. And there it was, just this gift to you in college. <laughs>
3: I was wearing a cowboy hat for the most part. If I was going out somewhere, you know, I would like to wear my cowboy hat. So it just made sense, and it just stuck. No, and it's
0: it's it's definitely fitting and apropos for sure, Troy. And I, one thing that I also wanted to talk with you about was back in 1993, uh, you struck up a friendship with another guy from Texas who also wears a, a cowboy hat, John Rich. Sorry. And over the years, that friendship along with a few other people, really created a, a musical movement, uh, unlike anything that had ever been seen before, where all different types of music, all different types of genres were blended and bend it, and beautiful things happened. I'm curious, yeah. when you first befriended John all, all those years ago, did you have any idea that that relationship would lead to the big changes in your lives that ultimately became?
3: No, I didn't really uh, have that thought you know, that it would go to where it is now. I just know that John and I have been friends for nearly 30 years. And uh, it's interesting how we met. He was playing in a bar that I was hanging out in. And uh, the fun thing about it is, is that we became friends. We had, you know, mutual uh, likes and dislikes and just kind of bonded over that. And we love music. So uh, we've stayed friends all this time. And, you know, I, I met Big Kenny in 99 through John. So, I mean, and then when Big and Rich went out and they started Music Mafia with Gretchen Wilson and, you know, all the other folks, I mean, it was really cool. And who would have known back then? We just all enjoyed making music and we all enjoyed having the opportunity to get up and perform. So when we were having these Music Mafias on Tuesday nights in Nashville, it was a matter of everybody serving as a sounding board almost, you know, where, you know, we would all get up and we would perform something. And, and the rest of us were a sounding board for the others. Oh, that's cool. Or maybe you change this or that there, or that's awesome. Or, well, you know, we'll see how it works later. But it, it worked out and people started showing up. And, you know, I was a little bit of a latecomer to that. And they were doing it for several months before I was going, because at the time I was back and forth between Dallas and Nashville. Mm-hmm. So, you know, it got to the point where when I started attending as regularly as I could, you know, probably once or twice a month in the early days, you know, it just grew and grew and grew. And from what I recall, you know, John w- would say that we did 72 music mafias for 72 Tuesdays in a row, you know, before they started missing for whatever reason, but 72 music mafias in a row, you know, over, you know, on a Tuesday night and it wow. was in- somewhere. So it started out at the pub of love, And, you know, it grew. And as the audience grew, found larger venues. But it's it's started out and it set a standard for a lot of different things that you see today.
0: It absolutely did. And I think one of the things that I I know being a, a huge country music fan since since the early 90s and then coming into the late 90s, early 2000s, it just that whole movement that you were a part of just to me opened a lot of doors, shattered a lot of ceilings, and opened a lot of minds to a lot of different possibilities with music. And I, and I thank you for that. And my my CD player and, and hundreds of hours of music listening since thanks you for that,
3: too. Thank you very much. We're just glad to be able to put music out in a format that allows people to consume it how they want to and enjoy it. You know, with, you know country music without prejudice has always been yeah. the motto. So and we're glad to be able to continue to do that.
1: Well, I'm, I, what I like about that is that you were all, as artists, open and accepting of constructive critiques to say, you know, how can I make this better? Or it was really, really working. And and man, how can we tweak it? And and that you could, it, it wouldn't have worked for 72 weeks in a row if there was ego involved, you know, or or too much ego involved.
3: Yeah, That that sounds about right. You know, it takes, you know, you have to be humble when it comes to, uh, because as an artist, anyway, you're already kind of opening yourself up as you get up on stage and you have all these eyes and ears, you know, listening to what you're doing and consuming your art and art is very subjective Mm -hmm. and what one person likes, someone else may find not so palatable. (laughs) It's like, you just hope that there are enough people that like what you're doing that you feel honored enough uh, to continue to do it and encouraged enough to continue to do it and it's sometimes it's uh it's it's hard to swallow when uh, folks don't particularly care to uh, hear what you do, but when they really like it, that's awesome
1: yeah, that could be a a big boost uh because like you said, you really are being vulnerable to allow someone into something so personal that came through you that you're sharing, which you don't have to share, but really it's meant to be shared. It's meant to touch people and and be relatable. And the more relatable it is, the more people that are probably going to connect with it in a positive way. So that's great. I, I wanted to ask you because you bring so much energy to your shows. So one of the things after watching you perform and listening to your music that comes to my mind, two words breath control. How do you do
3: it? I used to want to be a pro wrestler when I was a younger guy, you know, when I was in my teens and early 20s. So when you see me running around and jumping around on stage, a lot of that comes from many hours of watching professional wrestling and sports entertainment in that regard. Um, There's a picture of me uh, that's out there somewhere where we used to have this pod where there would be the reveal. So Big and Rich would come in and the pod would open and then they would step out. And then when they would introduce me, I would do the same thing. I would come in the pod and it was elevated. And then when it would open, I would step out, you know, as they announced my name. And and we used to have pyro back in those days. So, you know, they announced me and the pod opens up and the pyro's going off and everything. And I jumped way in the air. And I've got the microphone, and the fist is in the air, and I'm just in the air. I caught a lot of air, actually, on that one. It was pretty cool. And they snapped the photo. I got it. I bought the rights to the photo. I still have it. It's kind of cool. It's kind of cool. It was an arena show. We were opening for Brooks & Dunn on New Year's Eve in Nashville at the arena back in 05. And it was such a cool photo. I was like, i got to get the rights to that photo. So, Uh, You know, but all that jumping around, it comes from watching professional wrestling. You know, it's not as easy now because, you know, all the jumping around is a little painful, but. (laughs) You know, it's
0: funny. I I can relate to that, Troy, because many, many years ago, I actually auditioned. Did did you ever get to the point where you actually thought about auditioning uh, to be a wrestler?
3: No, I did. Uh, There was uh, probably 25 or 26 years old. I was. Talking about it with my buddies, and we were talking about going down to Atlanta to the power plant because we were mm-hmm. all watching WCW at that point. You know, we were all big Goldberg fans and stuff like that. And and, and we thought, oh, man, we're going to go down to you know TNT. We're going go to the power plant. We're going to do all that stuff. And then after a while, you know, I started buying tickets to the live events and going and watching the live events. And man, you hear that chair smack somebody across the back and it's a steel chair mm-hmm. i'll sit here in the stands with my soda and my popcorn and i'm gonna enjoy it because i am not interested in getting hit with a steel chair well, <laughs> troy i will tell you um
0: just i will tell you you made a good decision because i actually went back in the late 80s to the monster factory in new jersey to audition Wow. And uh, Pretty Boy Larry Sharp, Don the Magnificent Morocco, the British Bulldog were all there. And at 6'3 and 2.35, I got tossed around like a sack of potatoes. Oh, yeah. And when they asked, would anyone like to volunteer for a suplex? Sure. I didn't know it was to get one. I thought it was to give one. <laughs> and that's when I learned if your feet don't hit first, it's going to hurt. Hit oh, yeah. Ropes hurts. That was my one and only night in that.
1: Hey, okay, guys, I have to ask you because I have no experience in this realm. You know, people, there's always a debate. It's fake, it's staged, and no, it's kind of, it is, but it isn't. So you're talking about getting hit with a steel chair. You're talking about what is it really? It sounds like an extremely dangerous profession to oh, me. It is dangerous.
3: It is dangerous. I've got friends that you know, that are still involved and it's choreographed violence in the sense that, uh, you know, you're actually getting hit with these objects and, you know, people getting hit with steel trash cans and jumping off the ladders and all that stuff. The the ladders, table and chair matches that you see going, that stuff is real. People are really doing it. Um, And, after, from what I understand, it's after a lot of practice and training that they learn how to fall. They learn how to take the blood to help minimize it, but it's you're still getting whacked with all that stuff. So, I mean, I have a lot of respect for those folks that get out there, those because they are athletes. And, you know, I have a lot of respect for athletes and uh, the ability for them to do all those different things because that's a lot of, you know, training and weights and conditioning and all of that. And, I knew that I, I didn't have the discipline enough to do it. So that's why I decided to sit down and
1: watch it because it's <laughs> great to watch. Well, but even just the the punishment to your body.
0: Well, and it's five or six nights a week. Some of the guys are, are going over 300 nights a year. And uh, yeah, it's and, and if you miss a night, you don't get paid. It's 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 a brutal, brutal business. But. Troy, there was another business that you got involved in. It was uh, a little over a year ago, I think. uh, Rosie and I saw that you were on the big screen in uh, um, Desperate Riders. So what was that experience like? And did you and Trace Atkins ever consider becoming a tag team?
3: (laughs) It was a great experience. It was a great experience. I enjoyed it. You know, I had been on movie sets before on a couple of occasions previous, uh, but Desperate Riders, You know, it was a great experience for me to be a part of that. And I was grateful to get the call. I really enjoyed it. And, you know, I I grew up watching Westerns. You know, my parents loved Westerns. Uh, There were times where I'd sit up and watch Westerns with my mom on Saturday afternoons. And I could tell what time it was by what Western was on television because, you know, we watched so often. You know, and you you hear my dad, you know, talk about some of those Westerns that he was watching. He still likes to talk about it every once in a while. But, uh, you know, it was it was a great experience. Uh, no, I never talked to Trace about getting into wrestling or maybe being attacked. But it would be <laughs> kind of cool. It would be kind of cool. You know, I actually thought about doing that with my buddy, Cowboy James Storm. And, you know, you may see him around. Uh, he's been on. Uh, TNA and, uh, and total, you know, was oh, a total yeah. and all that, you know, he's been on those wrestling promotions. And matter of fact, there was a live event uh, a few years ago and he was, he was wrestling and I was sitting in the audience with my family and I kind of did a run in and interfered with the match. It was kind of fun. So, you know, <laughs> thanks for that.
1: We want to ask you, because we've seen some of your music videos, and a few years ago you did one. It was the Cowboy Stomp, and then we know you're from Texas, and then you did one recently, Tighten Up. Yep. And so obviously you have this affinity for football. So we're wondering, which team do you really root for, or are you really a closet Philadelphia Eagles fan?
3: Well, I'll address those in order. So, Cowboys Stomp. yeah, I grew up a Cowboys fan, been a fan ever since I was a little kid. And when I got the opportunity to do the video, I was like, sure thing. Because, you know, anytime, you know, one of the best feelings is when I got a text message from my dad and he was at the Cowboys game at the stadium. He's like, your video's on the big screen. They just scored a touchdown and they put the video on. So, that was a big deal for me you know, to, to know that Pops is sitting there watching the game. And, uh, you know, lived in Nashville for 13 years in the area, and it's, it's a really cool thing. And been to many Titans opportunities and events and been to a few games, and it was a really cool experience there. So uh, when John Rich and I wrote the song Titan Up, it, it worked out. It was a lot of fun for that. Most recently, um, I guess it was last year, I did a song for Nashville SC for Major League Soccer. And, uh, you know, for the Major League Soccer team there and did a song called Here We Go for Nashville SC. So we've got a video out for that. So if you like soccer, I know Philly has a great team there. Uh, and I know that they, uh, you know, like to compete for the Cup. So, you know, there you go. We can have a
1: rivalry in that regard, too. <laughs> but you like Philly. You just visited Philly. Tell us about that.
3: So we were we were uh, in the area and we were playing uh at a casino not far from there. uh, Parks Casino?
1: Yeah,
3: that's right. Parks Casino. And uh, I had some time and I was like, you know what? I'm going to go down and try and find the Liberty Bell. So, you know, I, you know, get, get on the app and start looking, get a, get a lift down there and uh, stood in line, you know, and watched and walked through and snapped a photo. I was like, yeah, that's cool. And then I walked out and I see Independence all right there. I was like, you know what? I don't know if I'm going to get this way uh, anytime soon again. So I snapped a pretty cool photo of that. And then uh, it was lunchtime. So I walked over and had a cheesesteak at at a local tavern there. So it was a great afternoon. Then I took a lift back and got ready for the show.
1: Did you like the Philly cheesesteak?
3: Of course. (laughs)
1: Awesome.
0: (laughs) (laughs) What kind of cheese was on it? There wasn't any cheese on it.
1: Oh. oh, you just got a steak sandwich. Okay. Oh,
3: okay.
1: That's how Rosie eats hers.
3: Yeah. Well, they they mix the cheese in with it. They didn't put any whiz, cheese whiz or anything. Oh, okay. Yeah,
1: I'm not a cheese whiz fan. I mean, we <laughs> ate that as kids on crackers or something, but don't put that on a cheese steak. I, I can't. No. Yeah.
3: The <laughs> taco <the> tab- <laughs> I went to, they put the cheese in it while they were you know putting it on the grill. So it worked out. I didn't right. need any cheese whiz on time.
0: Yeah, that's the scary thing with cheese whiz. When, when there's things that don't have an expiration date on them, that's always kind of a scary thing when it comes to food. <laughs>
1: yeah, come on, man. Yeah. You know, come on. It is. It is. Yeah. And the, that neon orange. No, we're yeah. not going to do that. Troy, what have you got coming up in 2023?
3: Well, I just released a brand new single uh, not long ago called Gonna Be Alright and uh, working that one. And then not long after that, there's going to be another one coming called Down the Line. And uh, another one after that called Away From You. I've got the list already out there in terms of what order it's going to go in. And, uh, you know, at probably midway through the year, released the album. So I'm excited about it. I'm excited. New music, fresh.
0: Wow. Well, you know what? And I have to say, folks, if you haven't heard Gonna Be All Right, got to go check it out because, Troy, I have to tell you, it's stuck in my head that has such a great hook that chorus i just i'm walking around singing it to my not only the the hook the message the message the melody the chorus phenomenal absolutely phenomenal
3: thank you i appreciate that i was hoping that it would have that kind of reaction with people and it would resonate and i'm just glad that it's it's had that opportunity it's seen it seems to be doing well you know i checked the spotify numbers and you know, whatever information I can get, and it seems to be going over pretty well. So the more people that listen, uh, I'll be uh, glad that the message continues to spread. Well, I know
0: one thing uh, I would put out there as, as a request, Troy, and that is if you're coming back to Parks Casino or anywhere in or around the Philly area, anywhere here, Philly, New Jersey, somewhere around here, I hope you'll let us know because we'd love to check it out. And hopefully with the album coming out around the middle of the year, maybe there'll be some,
1: some dates for you
3: coming up. Right on. Thank you so much. I appreciate that. Yeah, that'd be great.
1: Folks, we hope that you've enjoyed meeting Cowboy Troy. We sure have. And and, Troy, we wish you all the best with your new releases and the upcoming year. And we do look forward to seeing you in person. And we're going to end the show with one of your songs. So, folks, thanks for tuning in and we'll see you next week.
2: Train coming round the bend gone, kid, Ken tell your mom and them Chugga-lugga, chugga-lugga, chugga a. Ooh, the big black neck coming through to you Boy, you done fell and bumped your head Uh-huh, that's what they said People say it's impossible, not probable, too radical But I already been on the CMA's Hell, Tim McGraw said he liked the change Said he likes the way my hiccup sounds And the way the crowd screams when I stomp the ground and i I big and black, clickety-clack And I make the train jump the track like that I
4: play chicken with the train Play chicken Train, train, uh-huh.
2: a set deep into your ear My voice is your choice That you wanted to hear Southern boy making noise With a buffalo road. Less denim and bone As you might have known See me riding into town Like a desperado With a big belt buckle The cowboy bravado All over the world wide web You'll see download CBT on the MP3 Speak clearly what I'm saying So you comprehend If the never the hop Radio Tune in Rolling like thunder Onto the scene It's kind of hard to describe If you know what I mean I never claim to be The hardest of the rubber's hard rocks, But I'm moving out the boss Skills got you Jumping out your socks From Texas Here I come Moving your body With the face kick throw
4: Chicken with the train play chicken with train.
2: you some of that.